I want to ask a question, and I want, to, I want to set you up for success, okay? So don't answer the question out loud because your initial answer is probably not going to be your correct answer. Is everybody with me? There's always one that's going to answer out loud anyway, and whew, bless your heart. Anyway, here's my question. When you go to, to a football game, doesn't matter if it's high school, college, or NFL, when you go to a football game, who, don't answer out loud, <laughs> who has the loudest fans? Now, what your, the original thing you thought was the home team. And that's true to an extent. But ultimately, the loudest fans are the fans of the winning team. And if the home team isn't the winning team, then they don't have the loudest fans. If you're a Carolina fan, you get this really good, okay? You, you completely understand this. It's, it's some, you're loud at the beginning of the game. Now, let me tell you where I learned this. Let me tell you where this really um, stuck with me. Back in October, I decided, it was a Friday. It was kind of a chill day. It was a relaxing day. And, and Westside High School was playing Pickens at Pickens. Now, I got a bunch of people that can witness that this is true. So if you play football for Westside, just raise your hand. If you Westside football player, just raise your hand. Yeah. So y'all can witness. Is Co are the coaches here? Is Coach, is Coach Match here? Okay, yeah. Okay, good, good. So y'all can help me out with this because this is true. Y'all can y'all can vouch for me. Um, they went to they went to play Pickens. And it was it was kind of cool to go to go to Pickens, to drive to Pickens. Uh, some of y'all are like, what what's happening in Pickens? Nothing. Not, not nothing. <laughs> but I got to, you know, me and Shannon and Karis, we hopped in the truck and we're driving through Pickens and they got like an art center. Now this is true. They got an art center that used to be the Pickens County Jail. And so I got to tell Karis, that's where your grandfather, my dad, got to spend some time in jail when he broke the moonshine record for Pickens County when he got caught running shine and then he broke his own record. And so, because you got to teach somebody about their family heritage and anytime I go by jail, I have an opportunity to teach her about our family. So, taught her about the Talked about the noble family heritage in, in jail. And then, and then we got to Pickens Stadium. And, y'all, it was different than the last time. I, the last time I went to Pickens, I think it was called Bruce Field. They, it was, y'all, it was, it was just not nice. But this was a nice stadium. Like, everything was nice. And I'm going to go ahead and say there were more Pickens fans at that game than Westside fans because... It was Pickens on a Friday night. There's nothing to do except go to the football game or milk some cows. That, that, those are your two options. And so I remember we got there, and I'm, I'm, we had our, in the visiting, we had our seat options, just options for days. And we sat down, and, and the Pickens Blue Flame, that was, that's, their, that's their mascot or whatever. I've never known what that means, but Blue Flame, they, they came out on the field. And, y'all, I'm telling you, the fans were loud. The fans were loud. They were from Pickens, so they're used to being loud. They're getting loud. They're just loud and screaming. And then these guys ran out on the field, and as a fan, we were trying to be loud, but I don't think our volume was quite matching the Pickens side. And then the game started, and their volume decreased, <laughs> and our volume increased because when I tell y'all, when I tell y'all, it was a good old fact that... These guys, 
They opened up a can. That's, that's, that's all I can say. They opened up. They took them out behind the barn and wore that butt out. It was, it was 52 to 7. Am I right? Was that, it? Was that the score, 52 to 7? 52? Do what? Something like that. They don't even, like, we, just, we just scored. We don't even know. We're just like, let's just score again. It's like they were playing Madden. Let's just score again. Let's just score again. And, and by the end of the game, the West Side fans, we were so much louder than the Pickens fans. Because listen, it's not always the home team that's the loudest. It's the winning team's fans that's loudest. Now, here's the reason I say that. As followers of Jesus, this world is not our home. And we're not on the home team. But in Christ, we are on the winning team. And because, because we're on the winning team, we can be loud. Now, I discovered this when I was recently, about a month ago, I felt the Lord told me to read through the book of Revelation. And I've read through the book of Revelation 15, 20 times. By the way, by the way, in chapter one, it's the only book of the Bible that promises a blessing to people that read it. It's the only book in the Bible that promises a blessing. Just in case you're looking for a blessing, just read through Revelation. And get a anyway, so I, I was like, okay, I'm going to read through it. But everything I'm about to show you, I've never seen. I saw it for the first time reading through the book of Revelation. And it, there, there's a theme, there's a pattern, there's a consistency. By the way, side note, for all of my type A friends that love those fill-in-the-blank outlines, it's going to seem like I forgot you. But give me about 10 minutes to get there, and we'll fill in every one of those blanks, and you will leave happy. Love my people. Are you ready for this? I want, I want, to, show you, I want to show you a pattern in the book of Revelation. And the reason I want us to see this is because there's a theme in heaven. There's a theme among the angels. There's a theme among the people in heaven. And I want us to see it and understand it. And hopefully, I, I hope it catches on with all of us. Watch this. Now, by the way, side note, for, for those that have heard that we don't preach the Bible, you're about to get more Bible than you've ever had in church. I saw over 30 references to what I'm about to share with you. I can't, I'm not going to share all 30 in this service, but for those of you that are on the text devotional service, you're going to get all like 33, 34, 35 references. I'm texting them to you tonight at 6.30. I've already got it ready to go out. Here we go. Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. I, John... And your brother and your partner in suffering and in God's kingdom and in the patient endurance to which Jesus calls us. I was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. Let me, let me stop real quick. John was the same guy that wrote the book of John, the Apostle John. At this time in history, he's the only apostle that hasn't been martyred. All the other guys have been killed for their faith in Jesus. They tried to kill John by boiling him in oil and he would not die and they got freaked out and sent him to the island of Patmos. So, so he's just, he's on the island of Patmos and he said, I was, I was there for preaching the word of God and for my testimony about Jesus. It was the Lord's day and I was worshiping in the spirit. Suddenly, watch this, I heard behind me a, now let's say this word on three together, one, two, three, loud. I heard a loud. Not a soft voice, not a silent voice, not a whispering voice, but a loud voice. Like, we get loud. When we like something, we get loud. Am I correct? Like at a football game, when your team scores, you don't go, 
Woo. <laughs> you get loud, and that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. He said, I heard behind me a loud voice, like a trumpet blast. Which you've ever heard a trumpet blast. That's, that's loud. And he goes on to say in verse 15, he says, his feet, he's so, his feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like the mighty ocean waves. In other words, he's like, like we started off in heaven and everything was loud. And then he gets to chapter four. And y'all, I'm, I'm, oh, whoo, mm. here we go. Chapter four, verse one. Then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven. I, want, I just got to pause and say, aren't you glad that today that there's a door standing open up for us in heaven, that there's a way in and his name is Jesus? I don't know about you, but I, I'm going to talk to this side because this side's asleep. I'm so glad that there's a door open in heaven. We... There are people right now, here today, there are people watching online. You have opportunities right in front of you, wide open doors. It's just, do we have the faith to take that step? And John said, I saw a door, and it wasn't shut. It was open. There are people like, I wish I knew there was a God. God has opened the door wide open, wide open. And said, um, and the same voice I heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast, loud again. Y'all see that? Yes? Good, loud again. The, vo the voice said, come up here. Oh, my gosh, that's so good. Y'all see that? The voice didn't say, get away. God's saying, hey, come up here. I want to show you something. Come up here. I want, I, want you to, I want you to get in on this blessing. Come up here. I want you to get in on this revelation. God is drawing us to himself. He said, come up here, and I will show you what must happen after this. And I'm like, oh, that's so good, but it keeps getting better. Revelation 7, watch this. After this, I saw a vast crowd too great to count. Pause. A lot of people in heaven. That's why when people go, I don't know if I like big churches. Well, you're going to hate heaven. You're going to hate heaven. Gonna, probably ain't going. Anyway, uh, after this, I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Kind of. Um, <laughs> after this, I saw a vast crowd too great to count. From every nation and tribe and people and language. So if you're racist, you're going to hate heaven. Like, really, racist people, you don't hate heaven. Right. A couple of claps, that's fine, that's fine. Standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb, watch this. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches, and they were shouting with a great roar. These people are in heaven. They're pumped up. They're not doing golf clap time. They are shouting with a great roar. And what, <laughs> what are they shouting? Uh, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. There is I mean, they're making a lot of noise in heaven, but we can't stop there because this pattern just keeps continuing through the book of Revelation. We see in Revelation chapter 11, the seventh angel blew his trumpet and there were loud voices. What kind of voices? Loud voices shouting in heaven, the world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ and he will reign forever. But we keep seeing this pattern. Do y'all want some more? Oh, good. I'm glad you're getting it anyway. Revelation 12 Verse 10 says, then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. In other words, they're celebrating the victory in heaven because, listen, we're not the home team. But we're the winning team. So, oh, but it keeps getting better. Watch this. Revelation 14, and I heard a sound from heaven like the roar 
of, a, of mighty ocean waves or the rolling of loud thunder. It, it was like the sound of many harpists playing together. This great choir sang a wonderful new song. In other words, it's continuing to get loud. But Revelation 16 says this. All right, let me stop real quick. I got, some, I got some friends in every service, and you know who you are, and you're my Bible nerd friend, and, and we nerd out on certain things. And every once in a while, I just pause and talk to my Bible nerd friends. If you're not a Bible nerd, it's okay. Just give us a moment, okay? Because I, I almost didn't include this, but I had to once I, once I saw a certain phrase. Watch this. Watch this. Then the seventh angel, seven. Seven is the number of completion. Seven is the number of completion poured out his bowl in the air. This is the wrath of God. And a mighty shout, mighty shout, came, through the, came from the throne in the temple saying, it is finished. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. It is finished. In the Greek, that word is tetelestai. That, whoa. John, who wrote Revelation, also wrote, the book of John. And in John chapter 19, verse 30, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he said, it is finished, to Telestai. And then he gave up his life. So I believe, based on this evidence, that the one standing in the throne doing the shouting is Jesus. The first time he said, it is finished, he said the sins of the world is paid for. This time when he said it is finished, he said the world and everything that's wrong with it is gone. Everything that's broken is going to be made brand new. Don't you love that? A lot of people clapping. I got more nerdy friends than I thought. That's beautiful. After this, Revelation 19, 1, after this, I heard what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting, praise the Lord, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. They just keep getting loud in heaven. And watch this. He will live with them and, he, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. All through the book of Revelation, you hear shouting, you see loud. You hear shouting, you see loud. You hear, you hear shouting, you see loud. So what does that mean? What does that mean for us? How, what does that practically mean for us today? Type A's. Getting ready to fill in some blanks. Got your pens. You ready? Here we go. Letter L stands for love. Letter L. Now, I know this is where you're expecting me to say, like, if you love people, you're going, like, we're going to reach people. But, but hang on for a minute. Stay with me because I'm going to take it a slightly different direction. And for this, I'm going to need your participation. Let's say that you're walking out of this building after this service. And you look to your left, Clemson Boulevard. Let me pause real quick because there's somebody in here going, Clemson Boulevard is technically on my right. The way you're sitting right now, it is. And if you walk out of here backwards, it will still be on your right. And we think you're weird. But if you walk out of here normal, Clemson Boulevard's on your left, correct? And let's, let's say for just a second, you see somebody you don't know. You don't know this person. Maybe you've seen them, but you don't know who they are. And they're on their phone. And we don't, we don't know what they're doing. They're having the best time. Maybe they're watching something. Maybe they're playing a game. It's not a big deal to be on your phone, but they're walking. And they're about to, they don't, they're so caught up in their phone that they're about to step out into Clemson Boulevard, which isn't a problem except for the fact that you see this dump truck. 
fracturing the speed limit, okay? This dump truck is flying. And he's, the dump truck's coming this way, and you can see what's about to happen. What do you do? You, you would probably at least, but most of y'all, most of y'all would say something. Some of y'all be like, oh, this is good. I got to get this. I'm going <laughs> to blow up. I'm going to go viral on this right here. Look at this right here. <laughs> I probably would. Hey, okay, I'm just going to at least get a good story out of this. But, but let's switch it out. Let's say instead of some random person, it's somebody that you love. Like you're about to see somebody you love, pay attention there, get literally just plowed over by a dump truck. What do you do? Do, do you go, oh my gosh, I should pray for them. Dear God, please help Henry. He's so dumb. He's about God, help him not to be dumb, help him to wake up and realize. Do, do, you, do you buy a book on how to help people not walk in front of dump trucks? No. If you see somebody you love about to make a really bad decision, you're, you're yelling, you're screaming, you're shouting, you're waving your arms, you're, you'll do whatever it takes to, to save them from harm. Am I correct so far? Okay, so with that in mind, think about this. It, it's, it's not judgment, it's not anger, you're doing it and the whole motivation is love. Now, if that's true for us, how much more true is it for God in regards to us? God loves us. Oh, God loves us so much that he would not leave us alone. So, okay, hold on. Let me say it this way. Some of y'all are here today because God would not leave you alone. He kept drawing you and pushing you, and pulling you, and showing you. And if you're anything like me, you're like, fine, God. I'll give my life. I'll go to church. I'll, and, and you know what? Every time we say yes to Jesus, that peace and that joy and that hope in our life just continues to increase. Am I right so far? Amen. Can I get an amen? Okay. So, so God, God loves us too much to leave us alone. Now, listen, the only reason I'm here today is because God wouldn't leave me alone. And you start a church. I don't want to start a church, guy. Church people make you drink. <laughs> it's true. I didn't drink. I work with church people. And I just, I don't want to. I don't want to. And God kept saying, God kept like bothering me. Some of you are here today and you're a Christian because God loved you too much to let you stay the way you were. And everything that God speaks into us, he does it because he loves us. That's, listen, even when he convicts us, like if he's trying to convict us of a sin today, it's not to condemn us, but it's because he loves us and he knows that's not the best decision for our lives long term. God, God loves you so. Listen, there's some people here today going, I don't even believe in God. I'm an atheist, and you're in church. Just go ahead and give your life to Jesus. Just go ahead. Just go ahead. Just go, because if you've came this far, oh, for, you are going to be a pastor one day. I'll just go ahead and prophesy that over you. I, I'm t isn't, it, isn't it funny how many of us came to church kicking and screaming, and now we're inviting people? How did that happen? God loved us so much that he's, oh, my gosh, it's like, 
It's like he's changing us. Now, if you really want to get in on God's love for you and what he has for your life, let me ask you a question I heard somebody ask several years ago, and this question messed me up. It messed me up. God still messes me up. What breaks your heart? What, what breaks your heart? When you look at the world and the way it's set up, what, what do you see and go, God, that's not right. I've got a friend that human trafficking broke her heart. So she started an organization that, that rescues people from human trafficking. I've, I've got a, another friend that, that the foreign mission field broke his heart. And so he moved to the foreign mission field and give it, gave his life to foreign missions. The, what, what, because listen, when we begin to God, pray, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Oh, things start, like for me, I'm brokenhearted for pastors. I want to help pastors. And <laughs> y'all, pastors start to reach out to me, ask me questions. I'm like, I don't know. Last week, I posted the salvation number. We had like 51, 52 salvations. I'm sitting at my house last Sunday night just trying to chill. I had a pastor friend of mine in Louisiana. He texted me. He said, what did y'all do today? I texted back. I said, church? <laughs> he said, over 50 salvations. I went, I know, right? It's crazy. He said, did y'all do anything special? I said, yeah. It's called church. <laughs> How did y'all, like, but my heart breaks because there's so many pastors that are weighed down by like, like, there are so many pastors out there that have bought into the lie that the church's best days are behind them and I think our best days are ahead of us. <laughs> which leads, which leads to, oh, which is Overflow. <laughs> how many how many coffee drinkers do I have? You love your coffee. Love coffee. How many of you love straight black coffee the way God intended it for it? Okay. Yeah. These are the godly people that love Jesus. I love my latte. Okay, that's not a Oh God. Don't you hate getting behind those people at Starbucks? I want a triple. I mean, oh God. Anyway, I I love coffee. I love to drink coffee like the way God intended for it to be drank. And so, and usually before I preach, by the time I get up here on a Sunday, I've had a cup or two <laughs> or 10. I don't know. I just, I lose count. I don't even count. So I was at a, I was another church speaking one time and I walked in and there's some staff members all, and I had my coffee in my hand, like a big old cup. And, um, and, and the, the guy, fr- now this was years ago. This was years ago. Okay. And the guy standing across the room, um, and I knew him, he had a Red Bull. And uh, I'd, I'd never drank a Red Bull. And <laughs> this, no, this is, this is true, and it gets really good. He said, um, he said, drink a coffee? Which this is such a stupid question. I got a cup of coffee. No, no. I just smell it every once in a while to wake me up. I, I was like, yeah, I'm drinking it. He goes, you ought to try a Red Bull. I said, I never tried one. He said, better than coffee. Which is, he lied, okay? He straight up lied. So I was like, okay, well, give me that, give me that. And I drank the Red Bull, I drank the Red Bull. Felt nothing, nothing. It did nothing to me. And he said, well, you probably need to drink another one. <laughs> I said, let's go. So I took, that, I took the Red Bull and I drank it. Yo, I'm telling you, I promise you, I wasn't feeling a thing. 
And I was like, I've got to have a caffeine buzz or something. So my coffee was there, and it was already kind of warm, so I could, like, do a coffee shot. <laughs> coffee, get coffee shot. Coffee, I'm just, okay. So I, so I, so I, so I, I, I drank that coffee real quick, and I wasn't feeling anything until. Yo, I hit that stage, and those two Red Bulls and the three cups of coffee hit at the same time. And when I tell y'all I was speaking out of the overflow, y'all, it was, I was in a charismatic church. I was going so fast. I was like, like the camera people, like, they passed out. I mean, it was, we, we were charismatic, so it was fine. I got points for that. I was speaking so fast. I was like, no, 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 no. People were like, were you speaking in tongues? I was like, coming on, they're leaving the mouth. I was, I was all over the place. But it came out of the overflow. It, I, it was just flowing out of me. Now, if that's true for coffee and it's true for Red Bull, and probably most of us have had an experience kind of like that, how much more true would it be when God, through his Holy Spirit, begins to do a work in our lives? Because let me ask you a question. Why do you think it was so loud in heaven? Why do you think the angels got loud? Why do you think the people in heaven got loud? It's real simple. They were in the presence of God. And when we get in the presence of God and see who he is and what he's capable of, there is no way we can be silent about it. What God is doing in us and around us begins to happen through us. And can you imagine this? What would happen? What would happen if God began to overflow through each one of us and to the people that we encounter all during the week. My God, that could change the world. Would, would you be willing, would you be willing where you sit right now to just ask God, God, just do a work in me that's so powerful and so significant that it just overflows out of me. By the way, you know how to tell if the, if, if the power and the love of God is overflowing out of other people? It's by the way they treat other people. Because Jesus said, Bill, no, you're my disciples by the way you love one another. Overflow. Which takes me, now this will be fun, to understanding. Let's go back to that Pickens West Side game for a second. The, the, the beatdown was on. I mean, it was, it was bad. And then at some point in the second quarter, and I didn't, I didn't really see what was happening because I'll be honest with you. You guys were throwing it on them. I was on my phone. I was looking at something. And I heard the Pickens fans going crazy and I looked up and this little boy from Pickens was running down the field and nobody none of y'all were close <laughs> I said what happened what happened I, I, I think this is what I think and y'all just let me think it even if I'm not right okay I think those of y'all that play defense got together and said listen if we don't let them score they might not play us next year <laughs> you fall down. 
I, they, they scored. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. The fans were going crazy. And you know all the Westside fans that were there? There were tens of us. There were tens. All of us that were there, <laughs> we all sat down in unison. We were like, dang. They scored it. But then, but then, I looked to my left at the scoreboard and went, oh, we still good. <laughs> it was like 21 or 28 to 7. It was, it was, it, the, it was still happening. But it, it, it reminded me that sometimes in life, we have a setback. That doesn't mean we stop playing the game. Coaches, did, you, did y'all, like, y'all remember when pick and score? Y'all remember that? It's probably a very, you probably tried to block it out of your memory. Tried to, probably tried to, but, but, but you guys didn't go, all right, boys, go get on the bus. Let's wrap, we let them score. No, you, you look at the scoreboard, and you're still on the winning team. It, this is a setback. We don't want it to happen again, but a setback doesn't mean we need to shut down. And in our walk with Christ, all of us, all of us, we're going to see the enemy score. We're going to see things happen in this world that we don't understand. We're going to have things happen to us that bother us and, and even break us. There are people in this room right now. No, let's get more specific. There's somebody on your row right now that if they were tell this church what they were going through it it would break our hearts there are some people listen that you didn't you didn't see the divorce coming you didn't see the bankruptcy coming you didn't see that doctor's call coming you 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 didn't ask for that addiction you are weighed down by worry. And if that's you, I get it. I understand it way better than I wish I did. But understand this. A setback is nothing more than a setup for a miracle. A setback doesn't mean we shut down. A setback means we start looking around. Because God's about to do Listen, listen. One of the things that you'll hear in church world, one of the things you'll hear in church world is that if you're godly and you love Jesus and you do things that are right, then good things will happen to you. And if you're sinful and evil and wicked, that bad things will happen to you. And I wish that were true because that'd make it easy, right? But the only problem with that is like all the stuff Jesus said. So Jesus is hanging out with his closest people, his his apostles. The night before he dies, he's in the upper room and he's having this conversation with them. And this is what Jesus tells, listen, the people closest to him, which means if it's true for them, it's true for all of us that are in Christ. Watch this. John 16, 33, some of y'all is killing y'all. Y'all like, get the verse on filling those blanks because you're killing me. Killing me, smalls. He said, I have told you all this. You say, what is all this? Chapter 13, 14, 15, and 16. I've told you all this 
so that you may have peace in me. By the way, aren't you glad that Jesus wants to give us peace? He, he didn't say I came to, to like absolute. He wants us to have peace. Now, it doesn't mean we're not going to be in unpeaceful situations. He said, I want you to have peace. Watch this. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Now, I don't know about you, but I would have preferred for him to not say that. I would have preferred for him to say, here on earth, you're going to have unicorns and rainbows and donuts are going to have no calories and spinach is going to be bad for you. Like, I would have preferred some stuff like that. But that's not what he says. Jesus told the people closest to him, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Trials and sorrows are going to happen. Not because we're bad, but because we live in a fallen world. But then he said this, and I didn't get it for years. He said, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And for years I would read that and go, well, good for you, Jesus. Good for you. You overcame the world. I'm stuck in it. Got to do it. Don't you wish sometimes you weren't stuck in this world? You had to deal with Coaching changes on the college football. You didn't have to, oh, God, this election. Y'all, if Jesus could come back before the Iowa caucus, I would be so dang happy. I just want to line them all up and go crooked, 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 crooked. Anyway, I just, good for you, Jesus. You've overcome the world. But then it hit me one day. When we pray to receive Christ, as I've taught many times, it doesn't mean we just get to go to heaven. It means Jesus comes to live inside of us. And if Jesus lives inside of us and Jesus overcame everything in the world, then if Jesus lives in us, guess what we get to do? Overcome anything in the world as well. We get to overcome because God loved us too much to give up on us, pursued us, won our hearts, fills us with his Holy Spirit, and then enables it. Listen, Enables us to overcome. <sighs> About a month ago, when Shannon and I, and I, I told you guys this at Christmas, experienced our miscarriage, um, I was devastated. I would call that a pretty major setback. It was awful. And um, different people get comforted different ways. One of the, two of the ways that really helps me is I listen to worship music and I, and I read the Bible. I just love reading the Bible because I can find some encouragement and strength. And I wound up going to the book of Job. And the book of Job, oh, man, Job. Talk about a guy that had a, I mean, talk about a bad day. And one day, Job had like a bunch of kids, like 10 kids. All his kids die. Uh, lost all his money. Lost all the, the only thing that didn't die was his wife. And in chapter 2, he probably wished that God would have taken her too because she was not a help at all whatsoever. But they made up, and by the end, they had some more kids, so everything got put back together. Let's not be too hard on her because she had a hard time too. I'm just saying, when, when, I, when, when I was going through that, one of, the ways, one of the things I went, God took me to the book of Job, and I read this verse. And this is just, this is just helping me understand. I read this verse. Um, Job said, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken away. Praise 
the name of the Lord. See, that's easy when he gives. But when he takes away, when there's a setback, praise the name of the Lord. And it was through that scripture that he helped me to see that even though this isn't what I wanted, I can, I can still praise the Lord. You know why? The reason we didn't have that child is because God has another child in mind. And when little Boaz gets here, he is going to be, like, we, 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 listen, we are going to have a baby one day. And that child is going to be awesome and do amazing things. A setback doesn't mean a shutdown. It's a, hey, for those of you, for those of you that are wrestling with something right now, how would we know that Jesus could heal blindness if he hadn't met some blind people? How would we know that Jesus could heal the deaf if he hadn't met some deaf people? How would we know that Jesus could turn funerals into parties if people hadn't died and Jesus hadn't brought them back to life? He is still a water-walking, miracle-working, grave-robbing God. And just because we have a setback, it, a setback is us. Because, once again, they scored. But that was it. Which leads to letter D, determined. <laughs> um, for those of y'all that don't know, probably most of y'all do, Westside won the state championship, and, and I think the last time they won the state championship, I wasn't even born. So it's been a minute. But they, okay, yeah, 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 that's a good part to clap. I'm excited about the repeat next year. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and just start cheering for that. Um, but, but you should have seen these guys after they won. Let me tell you what the coaches didn't do. The coaches, as soon as they won the game, the coaches didn't turn around and say, guys, I know you fall hard, but we don't want to cheer too loud because it's going to make those boys from South Florence feel real bad. They all going to get triggered and have to find a safe space. So don't celebrate. Don't cheer. Let's wait till we get back to the locker room. And then we'll just have a private moment of celebration. Coaches didn't do that. In fact, the coaches were yelling the loudest. They were cheering. <coughs> J-Mo, I think you tried a cartwheel. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't even know. We might have a video of that. I'm just kidding. We don't have a video of that. But they were cheering. They were screaming. They were yelling because they, they won the game. That's what you do when you win. Now, everybody in this room is like, that's what I would have done. But listen, the church for too long has said, you know what? Monday through Saturday, we're not going to celebrate. Well, Sunday, let's just get together, have our private moment of celebration, and go back to work on Monday. And I, no, the, these guys were determined to celebrate as they should have been. None of the fans, none of the fans, when when these guys won, said, "All right, guys, let's just not let's just not get too happy. We don't want to make the other team feel bad. They, we don't we don't want them to think that we're the best, even though we just." Be, even though they just blew a lead in the fourth quarter. We don't want them to think. That, so let's not, no, they, in fact, <laughs> we're trying to find some pictures we could show 
of the fans, and uh, none of them were appropriate, for, even for Second Chance. And I'm, I'm talking about the people at Second Chance that were in the, in the pictures. I was like, nope, can't show that one, can't show that one, can't show that one, can't show that one. You know what? I'll just talk about it. Um, and, and, and then when they, when they won, they came out of Westside, they put it on social media, they were going to be there at 730 I get out of West Side, there are fire trucks and police cars. I told Shannon, I was like, babe, last time I was somewhere on a Saturday night with fire trucks and police cars, whoo, I wasn't saved. It was a I mean, I just, I got a little nervous there for a second. It just brought back some flashbacks. But people were, we had noisemakers. We were celebrating, cheering as they should have. They just pulled off something that's amazing. But while all of us would probably agree, hopefully, that that celebration was appropriate, then why can't we, as a church, be determined to celebrate how good God is and what God is doing in our lives with the people outside these walls? What, what if we were as determined to celebrate, like, like champions celebrate? And I'm not saying we're champions. I'm saying we worship a man named Jesus who rose from the grave who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And if there's a, if there's a champion on the planet, is it, what if we, what if we said, what if we started going out and telling our family members and our friends, we need you to come to church. And some of y'all look around going, we ain't got no room in here. We'll figure that out. You bring them, we'll figure it out. We got overflow. We've had people in overflow the first service. We've got people in overflow right now. We got a five o'clock service. There's room. You can bring them back to five o'clock tonight. What if we got so fired up about the goodness of God that we said, I'll not only talk about it on Sunday, I'll live it out Monday through Saturday. Let me say one more thing and then I'm done. I gotta, hold on, I gotta look this up on my phone. I hope this is okay. Hold on. Uh, okay, I'm gonna say something. And it's not going to mean anything to the, to the people in this room except for some guys over here. But uh, you'll understand it in a minute. Uh, Lobo Fork Four Slant Falcons Faults. Yes. See, some of y'all are like, what is that? That's the, that's the play that won the championship, right? That's the play? Lobo Fork, Four Slant, Falcons False. Coach, you're probably wondering how I got that. Yeah. Yeah. I was still in signals. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Somebody on your team told me, I won't say their name. We'll, we can talk out of the services. They're in trouble. Oh, I hope I didn't get you in trouble. But some of y'all are like, What's so big about that? Well, that's the play that won the, the game. West I was down by two touchdowns going in the fourth quarter. And on that play, Cutter hit tank. They essentially won the game. The, the entire momentum. See, because before that play, before that play, both sides of the stadium were up and screaming yelling and shouting but after that play 
one side shouted louder and the other side sat down. In other words, we, we can say it this way, the momentum of the game completely changed on one play. You say, Pastor P, that's, that's wonderful. How does that impact my life? It's real simple. If you'll accept Christ, the momentum of your life will change in ways that you could never imagine. If you, if you will pray and receive Christ today into your life, listen, he will fill you with joy and hope and peace on a level like you've never experienced. And if you're here today and you are a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus, but you'll say yes to that thing that breaks your heart, it will blow your mind what he will do if you'll just say yes to that thing he's pressing into you. So y'all stand with me. Father, I just wanna ask you right now in your name, God, to just do a work in this place. God, with all of us in this room here today, God, there are those of us that know you but need our hearts broken. There are those of us that have our hearts broken but we need to take that step of faith. God, there are people that don't know you that need to know you. And God, may we just be reminded as we sing this declaration that you're too good to not believe. We've seen you do too much and bring us too far. Jesus, we thank you that you are the same yesterday and today and forever. God, your word is not just a book about what you did. It's a book about what you want to do in each one of our lives. So right now, with heads bowed and eyes closed all over this room, if you need God to just do a miracle in your life, right now, where you stand, Ask him for that miracle. Ask him for the strength to overcome. Ask him, for the, ask him for the ability just to confess that sin to somebody who can walk with you and help you in that journey. Ask him to break your heart for what breaks his heart. Be careful with that one. It'll change your life. And maybe you're here this morning, you've never prayed to receive Christ. You've never prayed to receive Christ. Listen, the momentum of your life can change on one play, and that's when you accept Christ into your life. So if you're here and you know that's your next step and you want to pray to receive Christ, I'm going to invite you to pray with me right where you stand. I'll lead you in a prayer, and you just repeat it after me out loud. We do it out loud here at Second Chance, but not alone, because our entire Second Chance family is going to pray this prayer out loud with you so you you'll know you're, you are stepping into a relationship with Jesus supported by everybody in this room. So if you know you need to pray to receive Christ today, right where you stand, you pray this with me in Second Chance Family. Let's pray it with them. Say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need you as my Savior. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the grave to pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus, I declare you as Lord. Come into my life and take over. In Jesus' name I pray. My head's still bowed and I'm still closed. If you just prayed that prayer, if you just accepted Christ, before you leave this place today, I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. So do me a favor right now. Nobody looking around, if you just pray to receive Christ, would you do me a favor? 
and just put your hand straight up in the air. Just put it straight up in the air and leave it up because I want to make sure that I see every hand. I want to make sure, keep them up, keep them up. Thank you. Wow, wow, keep them up. I want to make sure I see every hand. I'm looking around the room. I want to make sure I see every hand. You just pray to receive Christ. Jesus, thank you for every single hand that's up and even for the ones that aren't up that that should be god i i just i just pray that everybody that prayed to receive you today would walk out of this place god feeling so much joy and so much hope and so much peace god i pray for those who need a miracle god that before the sun goes down tonight god i pray that you would make yourself so real and so obvious and make the fact that you are at work so known in so many lives. God, I pray that for the people that pray that you would break their hearts, God, that you would continue just to show them their next step. And for all of us, God, as we step out into this world that's so desperate for a savior, may we tell them we found one and his name is Jesus. And he's coming back one day to take everything that's wrong and make it right. We love you, Jesus. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we declare this in your name. And everybody that agrees said, amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Love you guys so much. We'll see y'all back next Sunday.